Hey everyone, welcome to Vanderpump Rules Party Podcast. I'm Sarah C. Oh, that sound. You know what that sound means? We've got a date. We've got a date. We can start counting down. We can start doing like, you know, 48 more days until calendars. We can open little like windows and I don't know, find some little Vanderpump chocolates. I don't know. Very exciting. It's too far out, but at least we have a date. Well, thanks for joining. I am Sarah C. If you have noticed, Holly is not here. Holly is off this week. Um, sadly, her grandpa died, and ugh, it's just it's so emotionally draining. And you know, you have a lot of family stuff to do and and process and deal with, and just worrying about this is just not something that. Um, should happen. So been there, been through it. It's not a fun process. So wish her well. We will be back together next week in person. We'll be doing both regular podcasts and Patreons. We've got some fun things. We've got some games and some videos that we're going to be doing. So we're going to make it up big time. So you guys have some content. If you're driving somewhere for Thanksgiving, you'll have that in time because we're going to be doing it Tuesday. So you should have it by Wednesday. And yeah, I'm super excited for that. Um, Today, I was going to cover just a little bit of update stuff and then get into Potomac and Winter House. Normally I do Winter House with Holly, but I don't want to let too much time pass since Thursday's episode because we've got another one this Thursday, which I'm sure I will cover with Holly. So I'll just touch on last week's as uh, as well as Potomac. And yeah, so speaking of Holly in another capacity, I had the weirdest dream last night. I dreamt I was like in a rental car, which the last time we went to Schwartz and Sandy's, we were in a rental car because my car was getting serviced. And, um, yeah, so in my dream, she was driving my rental car, probably because I had cocktails, and that's usually how we roll. She'll drive. Um, and she stopped at a gas station, and she came out with, like, snacks and beverages, you know, and filled the gas tank. And then was like, okay, let's go. Not, like, racing... Oh, there's my phone and my new ringtone. Um, not like racing or anything, but a little bit of a scurry, scurried pace. And then this lady, like this soccer mom comes out. She's taking pictures of um, the car, of us, of the license plate. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm sorry, my microphones. Um, and I discovered that like she didn't pay for the snacks or the gas. She's like, it's fine. And I'm like, it, well, now, because like that lady just took pictures of her license plates and, and of us. And she's like, They'll, they won't know who we are. I'm like, well, they can look up the license plate and find the rental car in my name. So now I'm going to be the burglar, which either way, it's a messed up situation. <laughs> and I'm like, and even if like you said it was you, I'm sitting there in the passenger seat. I'm going to be accused as an accomplice. Our lives are going to be ruined. Let's go back and say you forgot to pay. In reality, how would that be possible to fill up your gas tank and not pay? Like that, what is this, 1974? Like, come on. 
I don't know why I jumped that. She had snacks. We got some gas. I was worried about my like jail career. And then we make it to this Airbnb that Michaela and I had rented, which is down the street from Schwartz and Sandy's. And we had the cast over and like, they had just finished a show, but Tom Schwartz had been up there on stage as like a co-vocalist and he was in sequence pants and he was doing like the whole John Travolta disco dancing and he was singing and he sounded good. And I was like, wow, I'm like, way to go, Schwartz, way to really come out of your bubble. Like you did great. And he's like, oh, thanks, really? And then Sandoval's like, dude, you got to see this. Come here, come here. And he opens up this drawer like in the, you know, the kitchen drawer, maybe where you keep your utensils or something like the big deep drawer. And it's like this salad machine, but it like has like salad in it. It's kind of like a salad spinner, um, but it's got like different things it can do. He's like, look at this one on the left. It'll shoot out like a coleslaw, like, you know, it'll shred it. And then over here you can spin it. And then over on this side, you can like wedge it up. And and he's showing me all these things this built-in salad can do that has like built-in vegetables in it already. It was it was really strange. Um, so I was busy with that. And then I was talking to Schwartz and I was apologizing to him, um, telling him I was never going to bring up Minnesota again. Obviously, this isn't my subconscious. And then I'm really sorry I forgot to ask about his dad and his brother last time we saw him at Schwartz and Sandy's. I do recall Holly and I asked him when we were at the Canyon Club when it was closer to when he was ha- going through that stuff. But still, I feel bad we forgot to ask him this last time we saw him. Obviously, it's bothering me because I dreamt about it. And while I was doing that and apologizing to Schwartz, Sandoval was asking Michael, he's like, hey, dude, look, like, Really, like you're our, our, our like prime demographic. Um, what do you really think of the show, man? Like, just just let me know, cause you know you're like the demographic we want to attract. And she's like trying not to like be negative or lie or anything. Not that she has that impression of his show. Um, this is a dream, and she's like trying to like come up with ways. She's like, um, actually, it's come a long way. And he's like, dude, really? Really? You think so? She's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Since the first time I saw, she's like, yeah, it's really, you know, you've really grown and you can tell. It's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Um, So, yeah, I just random. I don't know. I didn't take any NyQuil or anything. I don't know what happened. But that was it. So sorry, Holly, about the... um, crime accusations. Sorry, Schwartz, we forgot to ask how your dad and brother are doing. Um, and thanks, Sandoval, for showing me the salad machine because it, it was really quite exciting. All right. So like I said, next week we'll be doing both regular and Patreons in person. This week I still have on Patreon to cover the new, um, this week's Salt Lake. We're getting down to it with Bachelor in Paradise, so maybe just hit up the highlights. I mean, a lot did happen last night, and I'm still waiting. It's going to come on here in about 20 minutes, Tuesday nights, but uh, I don't know. Kind of like in the way things are starting to shape up, and some people getting what they deserve, and other people not getting what they deserve, but whatever. It's Bachelor in Paradise. Do we really care? So, what do you guys think of the date? So, Vanderpump, Vanderpump, I, I you know what? I was just watching Luke and the whole bagel debate. Bagel, 
So now I've got the Minnesota thing in my voice. I think you probably heard it a couple couple times already. I've, I've got that in my head. And you know when that happens, I just can't stop. So we've got Wednesday, February 8th for Vanderpump coming back. Uh, it's a new it's a new date. Usually they're on Mondays. Now Summer House is on Mondays. And Real Housewives of New Jersey also premieres that week. So Summer House on Monday, February 6th, Jersey, Tuesday, February 7th, Vanderpump, Wednesday, February 8th. That's our huge premiere week. I'm shocked they're doing that. Um, but that's going to be a busy week. I need to put that in my calendar. Like, don't make other plans. Um, sorry, no more date, no dates that week. Because, you know. Uh, so Summer House is now on Monday. A lot of um, people may think, well, is that a better day? Because, you know, people are home and there's no more Monday Night Football as of February 8th. That's gone. But they will be competing with The Bachelor. That's always like, that'll be a freshly, I think The Bachelor airs like um, mid-January. It's usually like January 2nd, but it's a little bit later this year. Um, but that's always on Monday. So Summer House will compete with The Bachelor. But I don't know. Is this a demotion for Vanderpump? Is Wednesday a better night or a worse night? People are more out probably on Wednesdays. I don't know. It seems like Summer House has kind of taken the wheel of popularity. I don't know why, though. I mean, I don't know. <sighs> Anyways, I'm excited. I'm excited for Jersey. OC just wrapped this week, so where's that going to put them? Maybe March or April? So excited for that. Yeah, we got a lot coming up, but at least, you know what? We can enjoy our holidays without stressing about missing the shows because of holiday activities or forgetting to DVR or whatever it is. Now we can just kick back, enjoy the holidays, watch whatever happens to be on and look forward to a power packed February. So what else is going on? Kristen posted asking why she's losing followers on Instagram. And then she flipped everyone off. And then she said, there's a huge, big announcement coming this Wednesday, which is tomorrow or today for a lot of people you uh, tuning in. Um, I don't know what that would be. I know Jax has hinted around that we're working on a show with the OGs, you know, an original show of where our lives are at now. And Kristen's got, you know, camera, camera should be on her. She's got a lot going on in her life right now. He's been saying a lot of that about Kristen. Now Kristen's saying she has her own big announcement. You know, she was trying to sell the like TV script rights for her book to like be a TV show. Um, but it kind of fell through, you know, with the whole firing and, but maybe that's resurfaced. I think she talked about writing another book. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I hope it's not a Jax type big announcement coming and then it never comes to fruition. Like you never hear about it again. I guess we'll see. Um, guess we'll talk about it on Patreon. Or Holly and I will talk about it next Tuesday if she releases something this week. Speaking of Jax, well, Brittany's still in Kentucky. So that's, she's been gone quite a while with their child. Guess she sure does trust him alone there in L.A. And Lala took Don Lopez off her roster. We talked about Don last week and the week before. 
face tattoo guy, the one that's going to be shown on Vanderpump Rules as her first hookup since Randall, when they hook up in Lake Havasu. Apparently, she she said, after I made my thirst trap post, those are her own words, she self-proclaimed her post was a thirst trap. You know, when she posted, like, waking up with next to this in bed, and it was, like, all his face tattoos, which then people quickly identified as him. Then she said it opened the door. She She's not very grammatically correct, to be honest. Opened the door for people to come in and tell her all sorts of things about him. So because of what she's heard in DMs, they were red flags, and she, she has now removed him from her roster of men. Now, the only problem here is you've been such a big talker the last six months about how you hired a private investigator, how you have him go through every man before you even consider going out with them or hooking up. So did the PI not look into Don Lopez? Or are you just believing some random DMs? I mean, yes, I do think we should believe the people that are DMing us. But sometimes, you know, there's just bitterness happens. There's two sides to every story. I, of course, would probably choose to believe the DMs, but also maybe talk to the person about it, get their side, do a little research. I don't know. But she doesn't need to. She's got a roster, right? Yeah. All right. I don't think too much else has been going on. They've all just been doing like some more photo shoots and confessional looks and I don't know. Same old, same old. All right, let's talk Potomac this week. So we start off at the second part of the burn session up at the winery. Um, Ashley was saying that Chris has slid into other DMs, which were much more, I guess, racy than the DM she got from him. And so Candace instantly brings up how Michael pays a paid sex worker professional to suck his dick and Ashley's just there like laughing and smirking like she clearly doesn't give a fuck like she's probably heard it before and really like why does she care they're getting divorced so Candace I know you've been holding on to this information for a while a little too too little too late like they're, they're already divorcing like who cares you know it's like ooh. It's like, it was your last chance to use it anyways. And clearly she doesn't really give a fuck. Um, yeah. Do we believe it? Hmm. Probably. Um, does anyone care? Probably not. I mean, we probably would have cared if Ashley was still with him, even though they had kind of like some kind of arranged open ish marriage, clearly wasn't as open as Michael acted on as we know, but whatevs good riddance, Michael Darby go give Luke some of that attention. Okay. So yeah, Robin also chimed in and said that Candace told her that years ago and was holding on to it in case she ever needed to whip it out, which she did. So Ashley's like, kind of like quips back 
Like, well, you don't know what your husband's been doing. And Candace is like, oh, yes, we do know. We know the Lord. And that doesn't happen over here. So what does that mean, Candace? Like, because you know the Lord, you there's no way Chris could be gay or that he could cheat or that anyone that cheats or is gay doesn't know the Lord. I don't know. Thin ice, Candace. Like, mm. and let's see. Being the Christian woman that you are, it's okay to belittle like a postpartum woman about her weight and about her looks, about her age, her body. Like that doesn't seem very Christian-like either. So are you sure you know the Lord, Candace? I don't know. That was a little, Chris would never do this because we know the Lord. It's like, mm, okay, well, it seems like the amount of churches and the amount of population and people it's like that that math doesn't add up if if you can only know the lord because you've never done any of these things uh, i don't think there'd be all that many churches left they'd be empty if you weren't allowed in because you you done one of these things wrong <laughs> i don't know candace is just a lot so Anyways, props to Ashley for handling it well. She didn't even walk out. Like half the other people just walked out. They're like, I can't handle this. I'm done. She just stayed there and held the ground. So good for you, Ashley. So then Candace confronts Giselle about what happened with Chris. And this is a little, you know, clearly I know I like Chris. I don't like Candace. I don't see anything wrong with what happened. This is a real stretch, Giselle. Like, first of all, you've known each other for a long time. You've been on good terms with Chris. Like, Chris really hasn't had any issues with anyone. Like, maybe Michael Darby wants him. Like, I don't think he's had really any issues with anybody. Um, and you've known him. If he had a reputation like Michael Darby, um, sure, maybe Giselle doesn't want to be seen in a closed hotel room with Michael Darby because he has such a bad re- reputation of being, of having affairs in hotel rooms with people other than his wife. But Chris doesn't have that reputation. So you're a grown ass woman. I, you can't have a conversation with a man. You can't be friends with a man without there being some kind of, it doesn't look right. It's like, that is a sad world to live in. It seems like a century ago. It seems like a real stretch. And if I can't have dinner with a guy friend or anything without people reading into it, then they're not the kind of people I want to hang around with anyway. So I really don't care what they think. So, and, and if you're not comfortable going to your room, if it was him that suggested it for like, cause it was quiet, they could have, you know, a better conversation without all the loud noise. Just say, no, let's just find somewhere in the lobby. Or you know what? You're in a hotel. I'm sure there's a conference room area. Go find an empty conference room. Go find just the the chair and the table in the conference area. Somewhere in the lobby. I'm sure there's plenty of places that you could have just said, no, let's just go over here. But you didn't. So it's on you. And you said... Every, he did everything like you asked. So I don't know why we're making this issue. I just think it's a bit much. Um. Okay. I, what the hell is going on with Giselle's confessional hair? That striped look. And Robin's hair is like this later. 
it's like stripes with red and then the blonde. It's like a candy cane meets McDonald's. It's like ketchup and mustard arches is what Giselle's hair is. It's like very 90s, but like a really like thick chunk stripes of like yellowish and then red. It's it's, it's ketchup and mustard. It looks ridiculous. Like her hair looks great this whole season. I don't know what she's doing. Robin, I get it because Robin changes her hair like every five minutes. So it's kind of like her brand. And a lot of times I don't like her hair, but she changes it up all the time. So it's just kind of her. So you're okay with it because you know she's going to change it again. Um, but oof, neither one are good. So anyways, so they're just still talking about the whole rehashing the whole Chris thing. So like, I don't think Giselle is lying. I just don't think what happened was inappropriate, you know? And if it was, then you're 50% to blame because you didn't have to go back to your hotel room. All right. So they're about to leave. Ashley, well, Ashley's come a long way. Remember she would only drink Corona's before and now she's slamming red wine. So our little girl's growing up. Now she's going to have to drink like some maple syrup shots. Honestly, I'm super happy for her and Luke, but I, I you know, this is going to be a short term thing. Like she's got two young kids, like two under four, right? And he lives in New York and in Minnesota. She's in Potomac. She's got a controlling baby daddy. Like their situation's kind of doomed, but I hope they have fun in the meantime. All right. So, okay. Thank God Ashley meets him with an attorney. Um, and the attorney seemed really good, like really even keel, able to communicate the basics and the importance of having an attorney. And even Ashley's like, wow, this is so much easier to understand now than what I was Googling. And she's like, yeah, I didn't get my degree on Google. But I mean, she just hit the nail on the head. She's like, yeah, isn't it? It's always the one who holding the cards of power and finances that would like to speed this along without the use of attorneys. Like that's so Michael Derby. Of course he wants to control everything, get away with what he can. Um, I hope she doesn't wait too long because he is going to serve the best interest of himself. And enough with this house thing. You've been on Potomac since its inception. You should be making good housewife money by now. Did you have like side products? I don't know, but you should have. And, oh, you, I know you've been doing appearances and things like that. You should have your own money. Go buy a house on your own, in your own name. Don't get it gifted. Don't put yourself in a position where he can like have any ties to it. Clean break. <sighs> okay, so then we are introduced to Jacqueline, who's Mia's friend. Um, Mia's, uh, Jacqueline's mother took Mia in as a teenager since Mia's mom had like drug problems and her dad was in prison and ultimately died in prison. It's like Mia's been through a lot. She's had a rough life. So props to her for really turning things around. So she's talking about Miami. She's going to give Sharice a room that she can pick, which she ultimately doesn't. And what I find interesting here is she, she, they're talking about Wendy. Like they do not like Wendy and they're like, Oh, she can have the closet. She ends up giving Wendy a room with the bathroom 
but Sharice, a room with no bathroom. And she's like friends with Sharice, but not friends with Wendy. Very interesting. I'm like, huh. And Sharice is so upset she's going to go get a hotel. I'm like, these women are such babies. Like, yes, ideally a bathroom, but how many houses have a bathroom in every single bedroom? Like, it doesn't happen. So big deal. Just walk to the guest bathroom. Ashley said you could use her bathroom. Like, I know it's weird to walk into someone's room, so just use the guest one. No one else is using it because they're using their own bathroom in their own room. Um, And then the sharing. Like, I understand not wanting to share. I mean, but Giselle and Robin, they have their own beds, so it's not like they have to share a bed, which a lot of housewife vacations, they do share a bed. Their bathroom looked insane. First of all, they have like a full-on living room. They have their own beds. Their bathroom has two showers, a sauna. I mean, and they're complaining. Oh, they have a walkout patio to the pool. Little, uh, little crazy. So I don't know what they're complaining about. Oh, and it's like on the view of the water. You know what, Cherise? Just go sleep on a lawn chair. Maybe there's a bathroom out in like the pool house. Oh, actually, is there a pool house? No. It's Miami. You can sleep out on the pool lawn chairs. My sister does it all the time. So, yeah. I get that they're complaining about the location. I think about this every time I go to Miami because so many of the mansions and everything are on those islands, those bay islands, like Star Island. It's not on the beach. It's on the harbor. It's on the bay. It's on the intercoastals. It's like, you don't like jump in and swim in that. Or I guess you could, but like, it doesn't look like anybody does. So I too would want to be on South Beach or Miami Beach because they are such amazing beaches and the water is so amazing that if you're there, that's where you want to be. But they would have had to hotel it. I mean, there's a lot of condo high rises. Um, They could have got a penthouse or something that's like literally above the water. But I'm sure finding a place, getting being it film approved, um, it's not like there's a lot of houses on the beach. There's a lot of high rises, hotels, businesses, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. I do like that Mia just assigned the rooms because otherwise it's just a nightmare. Everyone's fighting. Um, I love that they stole Candace's card and like relabeled it so that it's going to look like she's sharing that little bed with Wendy, which is hilarious. I can't wait for Candace to arrive now. And I do wonder where she's going to sleep. I am guessing they're probably going to put her in Sharice's room because Sharice is going to move to a hotel. Yeah. I don't know. Next week looks fire with uh, Mia and Wendy going at it and maybe Peter Thomas getting in the middle of it or bad-mouthing Wendy. I am here for that. I wonder if she, like, pancake promised being an investor or if, like, their business arrangement went further than she alluded. I don't know. Um, And then I guess the only other thing that happened was Ashley was shopping with Robin and Giselle This is when they debuted their new hair, or Robin did. And Ashley's talking about how, well, Michael was in Vegas, and now he's in the Bahamas. I'm like, okay, when is he seeing his children? And then, like, he didn't set up the LLC, but he had told her prior that he had, because she told everyone else that 
it was already set up. They made an offer through the LLC, but then like he didn't. So she confronted him and he's like, how dare you? You accuse me of not like totally gaslights her, uh, turns it around on her. Like he's clearly not communing, communicating anything to her. And he's just trying to control everything. So Ashley, you need to pull your head out of your ass and get involved in the finances. Enough. You're too damn old to be this naive. Okay. Okay, now Winterhouse. Did you guys see last week, Watch What Happens Live with Whitney Rose? And I think his name's Dustin Milligan. Milligan? I didn't know who the guy was. Um, but I guess he was on the 90210 rebo- reboot, which makes me want to go back. And now I kind of remember him. Was he like a football player jock guy? Because he looked totally different. He saw like more, you know metro hipster looking now um so i didn't recognize him but i loved what he had to say about craig he was saying something like andy asked like i don't know who do you like the least or something or do you think's the biggest douche and you know he was like craig and andy's like oh because like he was being a douche and trying to pay off pay off everyone for their rooms or something or flashing his money and dustin's like no just because of the kind of person he is like slam it was just flawless it was beautiful i was an ear-to-ear smile just with bated breath going god i can't wait for craig to watch this i mean that and then hearing like jessica saying how she had like zero zero attraction to him and then now when he's gonna have to watch this scene or these multiple scenes multiple episode scenes of Paige talking about him like this episode opens with her breaking down on the ski slopes to amanda crying saying she just wants to go home she can't deal with what a big baby he is and how he has such a huge ego and she just needs him to chill out like i know craig gets it later when they have their little talk on the staircase and he says like Uh, I know I'm going to like just this one of these days. It's going to be my last chance. It's like, yeah. Okay. Um, But it's a character flaw. It's not a relationship flaw. It's a character flaw, Craig. You need to check yourself. Okay. So that was fun to watch, even though it was hard to watch. You know, I mean, Amanda gets it. She went through this whole thing with Kyle. Um, And it's possible. I mean, like we like Carl now. I even like Kyle pretty much didn't used to. So, I mean, it's possible, Craig, you can change. You can gain some humility and a little humble pie. All right. Well, it was, it was nice that Tom's came. They did add a little bit of relief. I wish they would have stayed a little bit longer. Uh, They were saying how they were so stressed with everything. I mean, if you think about it, this isn't being on Schwartz's side or Katie's side. It's just, putting in perspective where Schwartz was at this point. So this is last February, March. This is after the dad been in the hospital for 96 days. I think one of his brothers um, was diagnosed with a form of cancer. Um, He was trying, he's trying to open Schwartz and Sandy's and it keeps getting delayed and delayed. And that's causing financial stress, but also business stress. And then I know they had employees lined up and waiting. Like we spoke to some of those employees and some of those employees waited months. They just had to keep living 
broke with the hopes of securing this job once they were ready to open. So a lot of stress, not only for yourself, but for the livelihood of other people that you're responsible for. And then his marriage breaking up. So, you know, he just wants to break. He just wants a moment to laugh, which he said he did get at winter house. So I'm kind of relieved for him. So it has nothing to do with him not stepping up with Katie or him treating Katie like shit. It's just about in this moment, he did have a lot on his plate and it just seemed like he was overwhelmed and he couldn't fix any of it because so much of it was out of his hands or too late. So, yeah. But anyways, that must have been why I had that dream because I was feeling bad for him. But I do think when we talked about the Canyon Club, I do think we asked or started with how it's just, your brother and how's your father. And then he went into how Katie was mad at him because he had just done Sheena's podcast. And she thought he talked about their divorce too much, which I think was absolutely ridiculous because at that point, this was what July Katie had talked about their relationship so many times on her own podcast and other podcasts that it's like, Oh, so you can talk about it and you can talk about his flaws and him not stepping up or him not like, you know, doing more therapy, but he can't, he can't even share a side. And quite frankly, his side was like her side. He was like, yeah, I didn't step up for her. Like he was agreeing with you and you still had a problem with it. So there's my problem with Katie. I don't think she's, I think she needed to leave and I think it's what she needed to do, but you can't have it both ways. You know, he respected you and your wishes and promised you he wouldn't bring this up at at winter house. And he didn't. And when he was on Sheena's podcast, he didn't say anything bad about her. He put, he took responsibility and accountability for his own lack of action and just like missing the boat on everything. He admitted it. So I don't know why you're so mad. I mean, we know because it's like too little, too late. You're mad. You felt like you wasted all your time. You put in more effort than he did. Yeah. I mean, we do know why you're mad, but be mad about the whole thing. Don't be mad because he was on Sheena's podcast talking about how he's sad. The marriage is over. It's like, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. You're divorced now and you're talking about it. So all's fair. So they're at the ski slopes and like, they're kind of all getting ready to go. And Jessica kind of like rolls in and sits on the side of Jason's chair. You know, this is right after Jason and Rachel made out. She's like, hi. She's like, oh, I wish I would have like gotten more runs with you. Like kind of flirty. So kind of maybe, I don't think the girls have been mean girls to her. I don't think they've intentionally excluded her. I think that happens with those girls. They get very clicky. That's how they are on Summer House. And just by default, although they've accepted Rachel and like Paige pointed out, she only just met Rachel. Um, So I think it's a combination factor. I think it's a little bit of what Jessica said, um, but it's also a little bit of, you know, Jessica maybe flirting a little bit with everyone. The fact that she kept saying Craig's name, maybe subconsciously irritated Paige. Who knows? The fact that she's kind of flirty with Jason right after Rachel. I think that bugged Rachel because it seemed like Rachel and Jess were good friends and Jess confides in Rachel about she feels like they're excluding her or being mean girls. Well, then Rachel kind of betrays Jess, kind of stabs her in the back, if you ask me, and tells all the other girls what Jess said. It's like, I thought we said that in confidence. Like, I don't know. 
you you're talking to someone you're like well i'm feeling like excluded and you know kind of like they're being mean girls and then that girl goes she thinks you're being mean girls and you're excluding it's like that's a bitch move like that's that's betraying a confidence i don't know so strike one on you rachel i've liked you i just didn't like that move because of course she said it kind of snarky too like i guess we're still being mean girls like, well, she didn't ever say you were, she was talking to you about it. Um, you know, it's all in your delivery and your tone. So it probably gave a bad negative tone to Paige and Sierra because the way you said it, she said that we're still being mean girls. It's like, yeah, okay. You're going to deliver it that way. They're going to take it probably harder than Jess meant to intend it. I don't know. I mean, they confront Jess and Jess owns it and takes accountability that she said that and that's how she feels. Um, but yeah, I don't know. At the same time, I kind of, maybe Rachel did that because she saw her kind of like flirting with Jason. So maybe that irritated Rachel enough to go kind of betray her trust and tell the other girls what she was saying behind their backs, you know, just a theory. And then you kind of double that down with Jess saying, I'm not really, I'm more of a guy's girl. I'm not really a girl's girl. Like, Girls are always like jealous of me or that's the implication, right? That they're jealous or so I never really trust that when women say that it's like, eh, not every woman is so maybe you should look inward a little bit. All right. So then shocker, we have another like theme ish type party. This one, the Toms are hosting in the basement. I do like how the Toms and Luke are so low maintenance about their room assignments. I mean, Luke had a different room and he went to the hotel that night and Sierra stole it from him and he just let it go. Cause you know, he's chill like that. So they have it down in the basement, Coachella, um, Coachella ravish style. Like Sandoval brings his little Coachella blinky rings, his, uh, white stripes on his eyes, of course, and his favorite buzz buttons. Now, I've had these at TomTom. Tom. I don't quite get the hype of it. It was a very bizarre experience. It was, it's a drink, and they put these buzz button things in that you're supposed to, like, eat. And basically, it just makes, it's a little freaky, because you don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going on. You're like, uh, I don't know if I like this. I don't, is this going to impact my breathing or my, like, throat in any way? Because your throat and mouth kind of feel like, all of a sudden, like you just got shot up with Novocaine. You know how you can't feel your face afterwards? You're like, um, it's kind of like that. It's not like a high. So they're always doing it. The, the Sandoval and the cast on VPR, they're like, buzz buttons are the best. Like, I don't really get it. It's just kind of like a Novocaine. Like, you know, you get laughing gas. Okay. But Novocaine, it's not really a high. But that's what it felt like to me. I feel like I should probably try it again. But I don't know. I don't really get it. I'll try it again and let you guys know. I didn't. I don't think they had one at Schwartz and Sandy's. Well, I'll I'll look next time. I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, excuse me, didn't. But um, if not, I'll try it again at Tom Tom. So we have this party. I don't know what the theme is. It's just super random. I. I hated most of the outfits. I hated Paige's outfit. Like it was like open and it was like inner under boob. And like, it just wasn't like, 
attractive or flattering or, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't flattering because how could anything on her not be, but I don't know. It just, it wasn't pleasing to the eye, nor was Rachel's. Rachel's looked like some kind of like cow swirl bodysuit thing. I don't know. Wasn't a fan. And then they just had like silly string all over. And I just keep feeling bad for these homeowners that are like VRBOing this. Like so far they've broken a bunch of chairs. There's broken glass, which are probably broken items from the home. Also, they keep leaving the glass on the floor. So, you know, the glass is like scratching up whatever flooring is in place. Silly string stains like a motherfucker. So they're probably going to have silly like spaghetti swirl strand string stains all over their walls or floor or furniture. God knows what. I don't know. I'd be shocked if they get uh, there must be one hell of a security deposit production put down and I don't think they're going to get it back. Um, certainly not after watching the, well, I suppose they would have gotten it back before they watched the show. I hope those homeowners do a serious walkthrough and like pay attention to every detail. Um, you guys have heard Holly talk about when she had production crews come and film at buildings she worked at, how they would just tear the place up. And remember that time at the Berkshires when I think it was Ramona got blamed for the the wall damage or whatever. She's like, you took my light off, but it was really what it was, was like production cameras had like made a bunch of the damage there at Dorinda's. Um, so anyways, all right, well, okay. We've got, Oh God, this is Jess begging Corey for sex, like literally begging, like, Oh, I want you inside me so bad. And, She's like, no, please, please sleep with me. I want you inside, please. And he's like, all right, don't you, huh? Like, ugh, you. So they do it. And then the next day she's telling, oh, she's rehashing. She's saying how big he was. He's like a, three fistfuls, like 11 inches. And that he made her, you know what I'm saying, all over the place, which like... It's not the C word. It's the word that is also known as like a grapefruit soda that is not fresca. I'm not even going to say it. I think it's disgusting. I hope she, I hope her family is um, not watching because that's just sick. Or your future employers or your crypto investors because that is not what I would want them to be watching. Me talking about excreting fresca. Okay, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. But on top of that, her basically like begging him. And then, and then later on, just when she, it's night and she's like, are we going to have sex? Do you want to make a sex tape? Which is already like, calm down, girl. You slept with them once. And he says, no. She's like, why? He's like, I don't like blood. Okay, clearly Jessica slept with him the night before without telling him she's on her period and that freaked him out or grossed him out. Cause he said, I don't like blood. It freaks me out or grosses me out. I mean, like literally he said it. So, or she just magically had her period that morning, the day after they had sex, which, okay, possible. So she's like, Oh, FYI, I know we fucked all last night, 
but now I have my period. And he's like, mm, it's a no go. She's like, but I have a tampon in. And at that moment I was like, what, what? So that makes it okay. And I was like, Oh, is this just a me thing? Do I like not find that like enticing that I don't want to have sex with a tampon in? And I'm like, maybe it's just me being weird. So I pulled a couple people and then I did some research on the interwebs and you're not supposed to do that. Obviously you can, or it's possible, but you're not supposed to. It's not good. It's not healthy. It could be dangerous. You could lose shit up there. It can cause infections. It's not great. And also just the idea of it. Like I'm kind of with, I mean, I'm kind of with the guy on this. Like it's kind of a weird concept to think you're like, dick is like pushing up on this bloody tampon. I'm like, all right, TMI, TMI. Ugh, sorry guys. Uh, I don't know. Obviously it happens and I'm sure has happened. Um, but they don't really plan on it or maybe, I don't know. She wanted to make a sex tape while she has a tampon in what? WTF. Like what the hell? Oh, so no offense to all of you that do. I'm just telling you health wise. It's not a great idea. Look it up, but no judgment. If you, if you're fine with it personally, cool. Don't care. You and your person don't care. I don't care. I just choose that not to be my style, but, uh, but if you're interested in the health aspect of it, Google it. Okay. But again, ultimately TMI. So anyways, he's like, no, I don't like blood, but I have a tampon in. No, he's like, but give me head. And she's like, okay, I will. He's like, promise. And then the camera show her going down. Like, what? (sighs) And he just demands it too. She's like, okay, well, we can do some other stuff. She could have, like, I don't know. It just seemed a little sad. A little pathetic. But not my relationship. So she does that. And then, like, they don't sleep together because he's probably afraid, like, of the blood again. So she has to leave the room. I mean, I don't know if she left on her own accord or if he's like, you know, maybe she goes sleep in your own room. It wouldn't put it past me because he was very blunt about everything else. Um, just a icky situation. Uh, not a fan of that whole thing. Anyways. So what else? So the Toms have to leave early. Nothing really happened with that. Austin invites Olivia. You can tell she doesn't really want to come. And who would want to? Knowing the girl that your boyfriend has hooked up with on and off with for the past year several times, including while you were dating him, is going to be there. Yeah, who would want to go? And likewise for Sierra. So I think Sierra was totally justified in feeling the way she felt. I still don't like her like pouty attitude because he did come to her and I did think it was smart that he bounced it off of, um, Amanda. And I think it was Jason, like two very Amanda being a great person, being Sierra's very good friend and a woman and also knowing the past and the history and Jason being a very like thoughtful man. Um, so I thought that was good though of Austin. And then Amanda was like, absolutely. I, I don't see any problem with it. Sierra should be fine. I think it'd be great. So it's like, whoa, all right. Well, 
And that kind of encouraged Austin to then go talk to Sierra. But of course, just let him go talk to her. Why do you have to go spill it first? Because now it looks like she's going to get the impression that he's already done it. And Sierra's already on the defense. Let Austin tell her, Amanda, but you had to go run your mouth and it's going to look worse. Let him be the person. So I don't fault Austin for that because he did go talk to her. He didn't have have a chance before Amanda, apparently. Um, you know, and Sierra explained it where he got it. And he's like, oh, God, I was being an idiot. I, I didn't even see it that way. But you're right. So he got it. Okay, Austin's evolving. And she was right. She just always has that kind of bitterness, sourpuss attitude. So I'm not disagreeing with her. I'm just still not a big fan of hers. Oh, you guys, speaking of Olivia, I forgot to mention this in our Schwartz and Sandy's recap. So as Holly and I were outside talking with Sandoval and he was looking at her pumpkin and all that, um, then he was talking to, oh, our friends from Jersey. And as they were talking and like taking shots or whatever, um, us and there's like a bunch of guys and we all see this girl walking up and we're like, you know, we're all thinking in our head and I'm like, oh, she must be somebody because she is very attractive, very thin, dressed very cute, blonde. It is LA. So you're just thinking, okay, just another LA girl. Um, that's stunning. But she got closer and I was like, kind of like mumbled to somebody. I'm like, oh, that almost looks like Olivia from Southern Charm. But then like, as I was saying it, she got closer and I think she kind of heard part of her name. And I look, and I'm like, oh, it is you, Olivia from Southern Charm. And she's like, oh, yeah. She was sh- like shy because she was by herself. And think about it. You're like by yourself in a different city on the, sh- you know, with show people that you're not on their show, but you've met them. Like she just met a lot of them at BravoCon, but it's not like they know each other super well. I personally would have wanted to go with a friend. Um, but maybe she just doesn't know. Well, she should know people. She used to live in LA anyways. So we chatted for a little bit. She was very nice. She looked like kind of, I felt like talking to her because it seemed to kind of put her at ease because she was kind of waiting for Sandoval to turn around because she didn't know anybody and for her to kind of like welcome her in. So she was just kind of standing there awkwardly. So I felt like talking to her a little bit, maybe helped break the ice and made her not feel so like dumb standing there alone. Cause it's not like you're dumb standing there alone, but you know how you feel when you go somewhere by yourself, especially something intimidating like that. So she was very nice and very pretty in real life, but I forgot to mention that on our Schwartz and Sandy recap. Yeah. So then Paige and Craig go on a double date with Jess and Corey bullying I mean, that's inclusive, right? So they invite her to that. Um, Oh, yeah. Forgot the other scene. Craig talking about faking orgasms. Of course you do, Craig. That 100% tracks for you. That is who you are. Um, Nothing really happens at bowling except for Corey does kind of mention to Paige that Jess has been feeling excluded by them. And so by the time Rachel then says that, Paige has now heard this several times. So... I can see where Paige is um, getting sick of it and annoyed because Paige is including her. And you do see her trying. She's like, I let her use, I I told her to come use my bathroom. I told her to come sit down with us. We went bowling. Like, I do think Paige is trying. I think there's other times that she's just so used to her um, inner circle 
but she's not really, you know, thinking about Jess 100% of the time. But like she said to Jess, well, when have you ever come to check on me? Like valid point, right? Um, I do think though, like in Paige's confessional, she's like, I'm sick of this. I've been called a mean girl since the second grade. I'm sick of this Regina George shit I've had to deal with my whole life. And I'm like, huh, wait a second there. If you've been accused of this in second grade and you've dealt with this your whole life, maybe there is something to it. You know what I mean? This isn't just one person having one experience. You now just said this has been your whole life. So maybe you need to take a look at yourself a little bit and say, why does this keep happening? Why do people keep having this impression of me? You know? Because she, she did do a little self-evaluation. Like, I think it's because I'm quiet or maybe they take my shy or quietness as judginess um, or resting bitch face, that sort of thing. And certainly that could be true. But maybe work on them that if you've been hearing the same thing since second grade, maybe work on it. Or maybe it's true. Maybe there's a little bit of truth there. I haven't really seen it on the show, on this show with Jess. I think it's been, she's been excluded more by just kind of by default, not on purpose or not intentionally. I have seen the mean girl gang up behavior on previous summer house seasons, particularly when Hannah was there. When it was Hannah, Paige, Sierra, Amanda, it was icky. So I know she's pop, she's capable of it, but I haven't seen it from Paige. I didn't see it from Paige on Southern Charm, and I haven't really seen it this year on Winter House. So I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. I'm just saying, if you've been hearing that for your whole life, maybe you should take a little bit of that and look at it. You know, just saying. Like, I've had to do that. Like, sometimes my sarcasm doesn't hit. And so I have to kind of reel it in a little bit and be like, uh, you know what? Not that funny. All right. So, okay, yeah, the sex tape. That was so... Another theme party. I feel like a broken record. This one is Rachel's garden party. It is cool what she did with like the decor. She made it very pretty. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> it's just another party where they danced on the table, got wasted, and broke shit. And then Luke's making breakfast, and the scene of the century. He's like, "Hey, Paige, like, what do you want? Uh, should I just put like eggs on a bagel uh, with cheese?" And she's like, "Bagel? I don't like the way you say bagel." Bagel. He's like, yeah, bagel. 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 (laughs) Story of my life, people. You guys have witnessed how many times Holly has bullied me on the way I say big. I'll put it in my bag. I would like a bagel. I would like an everything bagel. You know, it hurts. It hurts a lot, Holly. I feel like you've been doing this since the second grade, and I'm feeling excluded that I don't have the California accent. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But yeah, I hear you, Luke. There's just some things you don't lose. You can lose the accent, but certain words you just can't stop saying. And big is one of them. Big till I die. All right. I think that's it. I talked about kind of the Rachel of it, of, um, yeah. Paige thing. Okay. Yeah. So basically Jess owned it. Jess took accountability. Paige needs to maybe look inward a little bit. 
Um, Jess did say maybe it's her own insecurities and triggers from childhood. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, you know? Here's another little point, and I guess we'll talk about this next week, but isn't it interesting that it's such a big issue for Austin to bring Olivia to Winterhouse? And I understand it. I understand it both from Olivia's perspective and Sierra's. Because Sierra and Austin, like, have had an on and off link for a year. Literally just a year. They met in Winterhouse last year. And they've been on and off since. You saw what happened last year in Summerhouse. He was kind of with Lindsay. He was, like, then he kissed Sierra. Then he hooked up with Olivia. Then he hooked up with a bunch of other girls. So it's not like he's ever been in a relationship with Olivia. I mean, with Sierra. And yet, Lindsay can come with Carl... They're in a relationship, and that's okay for Jason. Is anyone taking Jason's feelings into consideration? Jason was with Lindsay last summer, and they were going to have a baby. Like, they had a miscarriage, so they had to go through that together. But if they hadn't had the miscarriage, they were going to have a baby. Where are Jason's feelings in this and Lindsay and Carl coming? That's way more of a slap in the face than Sierra and Austin, who just hooked up a few ta- handful of times. They weren't in a serious relationship. They weren't having a baby. No one's thinking of Jason, you know? Kind of rude, people, because he's, like, super nice. You just walk all over him. All right, I'm done. Thanks for hanging in there. Sorry, Holly was not here. I know it's not fun or interesting without her on the podcast, but... You know, just had to talk about some of these things. And I will be back on Patreon. And then I'm super excited for next week for our in-person live um, multiple podcasts with videos and games and all sorts of fun. So thanks, guys. Sorry I'm a little stuffed up still. I still have a little bit of a cough from last week. And yeah, hope you guys are healthy. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.